When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Good afternoon and welcome, everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Great to be with you on a Monday. Hope you're well. Hope you guys are fortunate enough wherever you're watching and or listening to be enjoying the kind of weather we are here in Tallahassee. Man, what a glorious day. I'm Jeff, that's Tom. There's Director Matthew on Twitter. It's at J Cameron Show. Don't forget if you're watching on War Chant TV, to like and subscribe, as always. We appreciate all of you who do that and make it possible. Also helps others find the show and uh, what we do here at War Chant. It's uh, good times. Uh, good times, busy times, interesting times. Florida State had the bubble burst on Saturday. Uh, it's not a, a stunning surprise. Wake Forest is a real good team, and they score on everybody, and they certainly scored on us fewer points than they do against most everybody else. But, uh, but alas, uh, Florida State's offense was not good uh, on, on this particular day. Especially, you know, I thought the big thing, Tom, we'll get into all the reasons. This is a straightforward one for me. I've watched it three times. Uh, I, I think it's fairly obvious the lines of scrimmage are a problem for Florida State, especially the two offensive tackles are terrible. Uh, I've been saying turn time for a while has been trending in that direction. Who's not good? And then I think, you know, obviously you're trying to do what you can at left tackle while Scott's out, but you don't have another tackle. So when you don't have another tackle, you got to put somebody out there, and he's not a tackle, and he doesn't look like a tackle, and he gets beat, and he, you know, has a couple of really big penalties, one of them in particular, that cost you dearly, in addition to getting physically whipped. So... That is not something where you can blame anybody. You can just say, well, it certainly sucks that before the season even really got going, you lost Bless Harris, which absolutely killed you. And we knew that you'd be facing some defenses down the line that would be able to take advantage of it. The problem is the next two will also do the same. And I think Florida State's probably in a position where they're staring at four and three. And it's okay because you won the first four games and you put yourself in a position that if you take advantage of opportunities elsewhere on the schedule, you can still get to eight wins. You certainly can get seven wins. It's just stomaching that first loss when those areas of weakness get exploited. Of course, you couldn't have known before the season that Fabian Lovett was going to get hurt in the very first game. It's a devastating loss. It is every week. It's getting worse now against teams that can do something about it. Without him, 
you're absolutely average to below average on the defensive line. When Verse is limited up front to, what was it, 17 snaps or something, whatever it was, plays, he makes a difference when he's in there. It's amazing how strong he is because he's having to use his upper body in a way um, to compensate, and he still jolts tackles every time he wants to. It's really, he is he must be incredibly strong. I would not want him to get his hands on me. Uh, but he's still not 100%, and Clinton's not either. So all of a sudden, where you win football games on the offensive and defensive lines are not good. They're not good. They're average to below average, and they'll get exploited. And they did in this game, I thought. And then I think the other problem is you're injured elsewhere, too. Uh, so far at this point, you've seen a little bit of a drop-off with Tatum Bethune because of that injury. He's not tackling well, and that's really hurting because he's in position but he's not getting guys to the ground. That'll happen when you're dinged and trying to play through it. Deloach has been a rock star. They don't have anybody after that. Uh, I would say that you know when I watch Lundy play, he's regressed considerably, not any good at all. Uh, and then I would also say that Gant has been actually a better player than him when he's in the game. They don't have stars at corner at all, so personnel is an issue. It's not the end of the world because they're well coached, I think, on offense. They're overcoming some things that are going to be exploited in some areas. They're not great on defense, but I don't think this team lost the game because of the defense. I think in the first half it was well on its way to losing the game because of the defense, giving up 50 plays in the first half, couldn't get off the field to save their life. Those are the kinds of things that will devastate you. But at the end of the day, from all the other metrics, yards per play, total points, yardage, even holding Hartman to under 250 yards passing, they didn't give up any of the big plays at all. So they gave themselves a chance to get back in it, and they did get back in it. Opportunities present themselves in a football game. Every now and again, there are these moments, these fulcrum moments that we talk about where no matter how the game's gone to that point, you have a chance. Now, this team fights their ass off, and I love the fact that they'll never not do that, right? We now know they will always fight. So I don't even give them credit for it anymore. I just assume it. But without it, they would have got blown out Saturday. So luckily, they continued to fight, continued to fight, and they had a couple things start to go their way. They dialed up the pressure in the second half, got to them, and that changed a little bit, got off the field a couple times, and then you have a chance. Greedy Vance lets an interception go right through his hands. If Greedy Vance picks that ball off, I think Florida State could win the game, could steal a win in that moment. Now, we don't know if they would have gone down and scored. We don't know if he would have picked it and scored himself. He might have. But the bottom line is you don't make that play. Another play in the first half, Renardo Green's got great coverage on a third down. It's a perfect coverage. We talk about reward yourself for perfect coverage. He doesn't make a play. The Wake receiver does make a play. Hartman throws a dime. So there are little moments like that where the one-on-one plays were made by Wake Forest. Florida State couldn't stay ahead of the chains on first down. So all the third downs that you had that you didn't convert, well, I think Florida State was 4 of 11. Meanwhile, Wake Forest was 10 of 18 on third down. They were 3 for 3 on fourth down. Go back and look at the distances of those third downs. Wake won first down repeatedly. So you set yourself up to be in a position to convert on third down, whereas Florida State couldn't. I thought the other part of this and where the tackles and really the offensive line as a whole had a real problem We could not get the run game going, and that is the heart and soul of Florida State football is the ability to run the football. Now, the stats will tell you this, too, at least in total. I think it was 28 carries, 112 yards rushing. It's not a good day at the office on the ground. Neither Toa Feely nor Benson could ever really get anything going, and Treshawn Ward was your best running back, but he also fumbled the football. So just some frustrating moments for Florida State. I would say sometimes it's as simple as this. Wake's better than Florida State. 
that's not hard. Wake is a better football team than Florida State. I think they are in crucial areas, uh, and they execute. They're also veteran-laden, and they've been through it. They just played in the ACC championship. They just lost a double overtime game against Clemson. Florida State, not quite ready for prime time, however you want to describe it, against a better team when Wake punched back. After the opening drive for Florida State, they go down, you score, you feel good about it, right? But Wake punched back, and I thought Florida State never really got their footing in this football game. And again, crucial areas. Not converting on third down, never really getting the run game going in the way that you wanted to, not being able to stop Wake Forest on first down, not getting them off the field on third down. There was only the, the turnover, but you lose that turnover. That was huge. It set up a 39-yard drive for Wake to score. So easy points when you had a chance to go up by two scores. And we said going into the game, red zone would be huge. Well, you don't have a field goal kicker, so he sucked again. And then secondly, you're in a situation where if you can't get them to kick field goals, you're going to lose a football game. And Wake converted most of their great opportunities anyhow. If you look at success rate on drives that entered the opponent's 40, Florida State not as successful as Wake Forest, and that's that. I don't know that I have a point to add here because you hit on everything. And we haven't talked about the game much you and I I think there were no we I purposely a didn't want to because I wanted to see if we were on the same page but it was an easy diagnosis well what's what's interesting about this game is you're right it exposes all of the things that we're not and all of the positions that we don't have depth or frontline players at the level necessary to be a consensus top 10 team top 15 team in the country and yet, with all of these shortcomings, there is you're a chance in, to win the football you're game. You're in the game. You're in the game. And you shoot yourself in the foot at times to a degree that you almost feel like we lost because we made mistakes, not because they were a better football team. And yet, you also know that there were a ton of plays where you just get beat one-on-one. Yeah. And I don't even mean – I feel like the Renardo play, for example, is kind of unlucky. He, I mean, he's, he's in perfect position. But there are so many second-and-longs or third-and-longs mm. in which we're just beat one-on-one receiver versus corner they picked on Amari and Cooper a ton in the first half well, a ton and it was pitch and catch he's yet he's yet to play well he has yet to play well this year you're right about linebacker beyond your starting two it's all you got you don't have and one of them there. is really hurt yep. and he's playing through it because he's a man but he doesn't get guys on the ground the way he did early in the season because he's hurt the interior of the defensive line without Fabian Lovett is much different but they're also banged up too I mean you know our guy Robert Cooper is not 100% you can see that he gets Malcolm he, Ray comes out of every game Josh Farmer has his moments, but he's a redshirt freshman, and he looks very much like a redshirt freshman. And then at end, you're banged up there too. I mean, it's just there, – there are some places that we would be better if we were healthy. Like, for example, the Clemson game was announced today. It's a 7.30 p.m. Nice. kickoff. ABC, love that. Yeah, no, you got a little advantage there. If, if Clemson falters at all, that place will be rabid. Right, and, and if you tell me that maybe Lovett might be available even on a pitch count for that game and Jared versus at 100%, I'm going to assume he's going to be 100% by then because he looked pretty good at less than 100% this past weekend against Wake Forest. You know, that changes the way I feel about what we can do defensively, but you need those guys out there. You just It reminds you that we don't quite have the roster where it needs to be. Yeah. They're in position, though, even with their shortcomings, to win a football game against Wake, and you talk about that. The turnover, the easy seven points there. Gave it away. A missed field goal in the flow of the game. I'm not talking about the end of the game, but in the flow of the game. Uh, you've got a chance with Greedy Vance late to get a pick. There's a couple other plays out there, too. I thought actually one of the key plays of the game was right after uh, the fumble on the second drive when we, we keep the ball. Marquiston misses a block on the right side. If he hits it, there's a wide-open pitch and catch for Jordan, and now we're at midfield, and maybe we're up 14 to nothing, and this thing avalanches on Wake Forest. Well, your, your tight ends don't block, Tom. Correct. They, they never do. Correct. Um, Daniel and, didn't against and, Louisville. And Marquiston I, has some troubles. I'm putting them all out for every game this year. Your tight ends don't block. So 
we talk about that room a lot, yep. and people get confused because they see Cam McDonald make a few catches, and they think that, that he's having a great year, but they don't block anybody. So th- this is a problem, and then you've lost your tackles. Right. So, and then the other problem, though, and this is one thing I guess you didn't hit on yet, even though you hit on like 99%, <laughs> is they were surprised. The coaching staff was surprised that they froze up a little bit. And you yeah, saw that in Jordan Travis, and I've they talked that. about it all day today, how they, they pressed. They pressed. You saw there was a, a shot on the TV broadcast of Jordan coming to the sideline, yeah. and Mike didn't like what he heard. And he brings Jordan over. He says, calm down, calm down. So the, the team lost their composure a little bit. It's the learning process of, of how you win, how you handle those emotions and those pressures. They felt something different on Saturday than they, than they felt before, which is the pressure to succeed when there are expectations. So it was a lesson learned. I think that's true, but I also think it depends from the lens, right? I think if you're Wake Forest, you would say, yeah, because you felt pressed because we're good. And we're going to make you execute. And by the way, we're going to execute. So if you can't match us, then you're going to lose. And you feel that. I think they felt that early on. Like the adjustments Wake made pretty quickly after that first drive. When you see those guys basically press in that tight formation you see Mm -hmm. defensively, you watch our two tackles get their ass beat instantly. And I'm like, well, this is a problem because I'm at that point I'm thinking that's a physical whipping. What are you gonna do? There's nothing to do now. You we gonna chip maybe? What are you gonna do? You're gonna have to try to find a way to gain the edge, and gaining the edge was really difficult. I, I, I mean, I, I thought anyhow. I thought there were moments that yeah. you you watch this group. Real. The other part of this too is I think that if you could have reached into your back pocket in that moment and said, all right. We're not going to run between the tackles. They've, they've decided that ain't happening. And you first guessed that the week before with some of the stuff you saw against Clemson. It's very impressive. So, yeah. okay, that immediately was a concern going into the game. I brought up both lines of scrimmage in the pregame show and last week during the show was, all right, well, you got to block them. I mean, you know, I think we have the skill position players now to hang in there and win a shootout. I thought there was no way we are going to stop them from scoring a lot of points. The fact that we held them to 31, I actually think is – Fairly impressive. Fairly. I mean, go yeah. back and look. Wake does this against everybody. They score Correct. against everybody. In truth, I, I think it's probably mid-30s to upper 30s. Should have been. Should have been. Because if they wanted to score a touchdown in the end there, I think they might. They could have. They could have yeah. got it. And then they missed kid. a field goal as well. Yeah. But still, I mean. I mean, they're still. Yeah. Listen, yeah. Uh, they got better after that first drive in the third quarter. I thought oh, there was a real problem. Oh, that was an at, uncompetitive drive. Yeah. Yeah. That was embarrassing. With bad body language and everything. Right down the field. Mm-hmm. Now, I'd like to know who it was that summoned those guys. I'm talking about it had to have been a player. I don't think that was a coach. I think a player was like, no, 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 that ain't us. Because they, from there, intensified not only how physical they were, yeah. but focus seemed to you know gather up. Three points the rest of the way. Yeah. So, I, it was strange to come out the half looking like that, though. That's disappointing. Correct. That tells least. me that whatever they were told at halftime didn't work or didn't sink in because yeah. they panicked within a couple of plays. You saw it. They're like, this well, isn't working. Gashed. This isn't working. Well, they're getting gashed yeah. to start that drive. Just gashed. And I that – so, I know that the inclination for most fans at any point – I do it, too. It's always blame coaches when something goes wrong because they're the guys getting paid tons of money. So I, I get it. I get why it happens. I mean, we do it at the NFL level. We do it at the college level and all that. And there were certain some gaffes here. I, I, I didn't oh, think man. Mike had a good day. Uh, Mike didn't have a great day. Adam's first half, too. It was you know, not a good a third first and 12 half. where they catch it's Renardo 101 on the left mm. sideline. They only rush three. I know. You know, you're going to rush three against that dude? He'll wait. Yeah, he'll, he'll wait. He'll, he'll, he'll wait you and out. then the second half before the greedy play, there's another third and long where they're, they're four yards beyond the line of scrimmage. Yeah. There, I didn't and it's think a it one a, on three, and the, the kid still gets the first down. Well, it's because you drop too deep. You also have to tackle. I, yeah. That's another yep. tough thing. Mm-hmm. Some of this 
when you're in a position to get off the field and make a tackle, you got to make a tackle. That goes back to players. We don't like to blame college players, but several times they didn't make a tackle in this game on third down when yep. you could have got off the field. Or yeah. second down, and now it's third and seven. Third and seven, but now third it's third and three. And two. Yes, yeah. that happened a lot. So third and manageable is a very different deal. When you lose first down on offense as frequently as we did, and by the way, I went back and watched because I really and, – and he does a great job with this. After the game – I went back and watched and wanted to see what Dominic Robinson had to say because I'm tired of running on second and ten. Stop the, stop it. You, I know you're trying to get positive. You blew your chance on first down. Now you're behind the chains. Third and eight ain't it, man, and you haven't been able to run on them when they, at all, really, physically. You, you've been whipped. You've had a couple guys make some plays. But those aren't – I hated that. I hated that. But what I was going to say was this. If you could have gone back into – reach back into your back pocket and say, you know what, unleash Jordan. We've got to unleash Jordan because this is not freeing up. We're not getting anything we want in the run game right now. I don't think they could. I think he looked worse this week with the knee than he did last yeah. week. I think he looked more inhibited. He didn't look like he wanted to run at all. And I'm not blaming him because he's a very good thrower and he's been fine. He didn't have a bad game. He didn't have a great game. But he didn't have a bad game. Right. He had set the bar so high in his yeah, first you know, yeah, few performances. He, that, he wasn't terrible. Yeah. I don't put this on him. It's just that – that aspect, I saw Corey ask the question today to Mike, and you know Mike did what he did. But I just, that's interesting. I don't think they could. I don't think he wanted to run in any way, shape, or form. Which, again, if you're dealing with a knee, and I need you out there for these next two games, I got it. But there were chances, there were opportunities, or and and I thought maybe out of desperation you'd do it to get Wake to play you differently. But they never really. They did. may have a twenty to twenty one if you get the pick with Greedy. Yeah, you, know, you might have to point, say let's yeah. go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't know because, and I think that really does summarize where we're at with the game. On the one hand, the physical limitations of the roster after injury, especially you know, the lack of depth that we're talking about. The lack of frontline elite talent. You don't have a lot of it. There are positions where you can say that guy's a really good player and this guy's a plus player, plus college player, plus power five player. Then there's a whole lot of just average dudes that play real hard and play together and that'll be enough for certain games but it won't be enough against Wake or Clemson or NC State, and that'll come back to get you. But that's what a rebuild is. When you're building back up to it, you get the starting 22 to where you feel like they can play with most people, and then it's the group that comes in after that, the next 8 to 12 guys that you have to use on both sides of the ball. What are they? And with your better teams, they're plus players also. And we just haven't had enough in the way of recruiting classes to build that to a place where you could withstand the kind of losses we've had from an injury standpoint. It's frustrating, but at some point those losses and those injuries get exposed. Yeah, it's interesting. Again, this is where it's complicated for me because Wake is more mature as a football team in two ways, in age and in composure. Yeah. You saw the composure. I mean, coming off of a crushing loss, they, they come down here. And they were, they were ready And the environment was great. You were in it. Yep. I mean, you yep. know, people showed out. We were wondering, you know, is this going to be a 40,000, you know, attendance is going to be 65 it was it looked pretty close on television to a sellout but it's just you know the thing is it's not as simple as saying that wake is 10 to 14 points better than florida state there's also and and it's done they're just a better football team we shot ourselves in the foot in so many situations that you feel like it was within your grasp as well so i'm just i continue to be conflicted on how i walk away from that game because we don't have the top end talent mm -hmm. i agree mm -hmm. i agree but we still had enough and there were enough situations in that football game that if 50% uh, of them go your way, you might win it. You might win it outright. 
It would help, though, too, in, in big situations, knowing that you could come away with points if you stall. And, and you really, you know, I mean, these are things that add up. Correct. In a vacuum, you say, all right, well, we don't have an elite corner. We don't have an elite linebacker after, really, Deloach is your best linebacker right now with the injury to Bethune. So, and he's playing, but, you know, he, he's not the same guy that we saw. Hopefully he'll get back all the way. I mean, that just takes a little time, but you don't have much after that. With no Fabian Lovett, you don't have a difference maker on the defensive line, uh, the interior. Uh, with no verse at full strength, you don't have a difference maker. Boy, the first play he came in. Woo! He's different. Chuck's a left tackle. Oh, like my a God. Ragdoll. Isn't he different? He's, he's yeah. a lot of fun, right? Uh, I will say I thought Briggs played a good football game. Uh, he did. He played well. He's getting stronger and stronger, so that that's helpful. Like, he graded out well in my mind just from looking at it. Um, but you don't have a difference maker at corner. Uh you're pretty good at safety. You're not great, but you're pretty good. You have a, a really good frontline quarterback uh, in Jordan Travis. I think you're so much better at wide receiver than you were a year ago. That's every week these days. Every week, I mean, Micah Pittman was fantastic in this game, and I'm not just talking about the catches or the returns. Watch him run block. Watch that kid. He has a he's a son of a gun. And Wilson played well too. Could have had more out of his day, but he still played well. So I, I think you got a couple of dudes at wide receiver right now that I feel pretty excited about most days. So they've improved in a lot of areas. That offensive line. When you lost Caden Lyles to start the year, he never even got to play in a game. When you lost, obviously, Bless Harris, you're, you're, you're starting right tackle, who was a, a, a tackle. <laughs> you, know, you don't have hey, tackles so on the roster. guards on this All team. we have is guards on the team. And so you lost him, and, you know, you didn't really notice it right away. And credit to Jazz, who I've criticized a lot because I don't think he's very good. But he did hold his own against LSU. He's held his own in some situations. He was horrible run blocking in this game. I mean, the first I, half especially. Oh, I can't yeah. even watch him. I get so pissed off watching it. It's, the it's, funny thing was I was talking about Darius and, and how it would be nice to have Robert back because he could play Darius at right tackle, and then the next, I don't know, oh. 15 plays, <laughs> maybe 13 of them, he's, it's an issue. He was. He well, that's yeah. the killer drive, too. We haven't even talked about that. It's oh, the you plus get inside 33 the yard line. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, no, it's the plus 33-yard oh. line with the return from Pittman. Yeah. You have the false start. You overcome that. And then it's a big play. Yes, yeah, you're right. You're about at the five-yard line. Yes. And that's the hold. That's I mean, the hold. I mean, that might be the game right there. There's a lot of little moments that you point to, but that's a killer. You have to punt when you start on the plus 33-yard line? That's embarrassing. You can't have that. No, it's a huge – well, that's, that's why I gave the success rate on drives inside the 40. They converted on five of those. Ours total were three. And you had opportunities. It's, it's just – and again – when you can't kick a field goal of any length, I mean, you really have a different math equation you're dealing with here, which is another thing, and I'll ask you about this because we can talk big picture. I'm not a sky-is-falling guy today. I'm just being blunt about what no. I see. I think Florida State at 4-1 and one is fine. 4-1 and one's fine. In a way, that's, that makes you proud that yeah, you're 4-1 and one with yeah, all of these well, issues yeah, that are real. Yeah, no, no, I'm not mad. They'll be okay. It, it's not Mike Norvell's fault that Fitzgerald, who made 10 of 13 kicks a year ago, can't hit the broadside of a barn right now. It's not his fault. It's a predicament that he finds himself in, and he's got to figure out what to do when all you can do is recruit over him. Might be his fault for rolling him out there from 50 and 55 at the end, though. Okay, so that one is interesting. You know what? I thought, that, yeah, 55 seems like uh, wouldn't have done it. I, I also would have thrown 
prior to that, there's I a just, couple situations. I feel where, like uh, you know a, a hail mary or jump ball to Johnny Wilson it has a better success rate, which is really damning. Yeah, but he might have been trying to free him up. Like, there's no expectation you're going to make a 55 yarder. I know you have the leg. I've seen you do it in practice. You might make a 55 yarder because nobody expects that you will. And you're free to kick away. Did you see that side shot? I don't know who it was. Somebody posted. It. I came across yesterday in all my reading, and I I don't I want to give credit where credit's due, but I don't. Somebody posted a shot of Fitzgerald's missed twenty nine yarder. Yeah, about the follow through. I heard about that. Holy moly! That it's you remember the the Scott Van Pelt Sports Center commercial where his head's tilted, <laughs> and they have he's, to show him. Yeah, and he's doing. <laughs> and they're like. That's not good. As Jimmy Rollins, I think, yeah, is the yeah, instructor. He goes, yeah. he goes, now what, what are we doing here? And he's like, that's not good. No, that's 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 not good. That's a great commercial, right? Fitzgerald, if they show him that kick. Yeah, he's 18 of 29 for 200 <laughs> yards. <laughs> but it's funny. Like, they're showing, when you see the kick, you go, oh, that's no kicking motion I've ever seen. But It's Tiger coming back from his first back trouble. With all the yips. With the yips and the chips. And the, yeah, it's just rolling back yeah. by his feet. You're it's like, all here. Well, that's, uh, that's something. Man, anyway, we we got a lot to expand on. What what I think is still possible, and what we're hoping we see them do moving forward, and what's still uh, in play here. And again, it will be interesting, really, really interesting to see what happens this weekend on the road. I, I, I am I am you and I are going to be doing a watch along together in the first half, I think, and and I'm looking forward to that. I I this is a good test. NC State is only favored by five. I took NC State, gave the five yesterday as quickly as I could. I couldn't believe how short that line is. I feel like NC State should be favored by ten at home at night against a group as beat up as Florida State is. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this group is a bunch of sons of bitches who's going to go up there angered by what just happened and reach down for those reserves. And maybe NC State, thinking they had a chance for the first time in a long time to position themselves to win the division – losing by 10 against Clemson and dealing with a physical matchup like that, maybe it all adds up to Florida State going on the road with a chance to win it on the, in the fourth quarter. The thing I'll say is I don't always make two practices during the week, during the season, but I've made at least one before each game. And then obviously we talk, we've talk. we got 95 people on staff, so we talk to the people that yeah, are there. Yeah, yeah. But I think so far from what I've seen, practice performance has, beget, has begotten the uh, performance on Saturdays or, or game day. And they were flat last week. And I was wondering, because it was the first time where I thought, man, they're, they're a little flat. What's going on here? The whole time since since the end of camp and the beginning of the season. And I wondered, is usually they're sharp and they play well. So are they going to play a little bit down because they were flat in practice? And they were. So color me very excited to be at practice tomorrow to see how it goes because I'll bet they're going to be sharp and intense. I bet that's going to be chippy for all the right reasons tomorrow. Yeah, I think it will be. I think this team does have a whole lot of moxie, so it'll be fun to. Ian, that they got a chance here to kind of prove me wrong, at least what I think they're capable of this week. Sometimes you lose games, you're physically not capable of winning. Sometimes you find a way to overcome some of those things with a whole lot of what for. Maybe they have that. Chef Cameron Show, ninety three three Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash 
all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. If you're hearing this right now and you or someone you know is active military, a veteran, police officer, firefighter, nurse, or a teacher, turn up the volume, listen to this. My friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans has a hometown hero loan program designed to make a difference to you and to those who make a difference in their communities. And it's, um, you know, look, this is a real value here. If you're, if you're looking to buy a home, they're going to waive all the lender fees for all hometown heroes. That's uh, $1,600 in value right out the gate. If you decide to use their preferred title company for the closing, you'll save another $600. Now we're up over $2,200 in discounts right off the top. That's a, that's a good deal. So here's the deal. Here's how you can save that money. If you or someone you know is active military, a veteran, a police officer, firefighter, nurse, or school teacher looking to buy a new home, choose Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans and ask about their Hometown Heroes program. Call 844-FSU-LOAN. That's 844-FSU-LOAN or just visit FSUHomeLoans.com. FSUHomeLoans.com. i got something else to tell you about that they're doing. I'll do that later on in the show. Woo! Yes. I uh, appreciate Woo! it. It was great to see. Man, Z-Chan is a kind-hearted soul and obviously whooping ass as a dentist. And uh, bravo. And thank you. Thank you. And he added uh, the, the old Go Braves there for you. That was a, a sweepage. This was one of the worst sports weekends in a long time, my guy. They're I not mean, postseason games yet, buddy. That's all I right. Know. That's all right. You can lose regular season games, maybe even the division. You Wagers. can lose a regular season football game. You can lose a college football game. So a lot of things still could be worse if they were on the line with greater importance. Wagers, fantasy football, baseball, NFL, college. You name it. You name it. Not a whole lot of winning going on in my house this weekend. Running kick to the testicles. Oh, many of them. Hey, Might you know, be used as a speed bag. Yeah. That's, uh, that's all right. These things can happen. You know, I have – Director Matthew must just be steady laughing as he watches very good Philadelphia Eagles football team find ways to win games uh, and never throw the ball to Devontae Smith ever again. Apparently they just decided that kid sucks to high heaven and never – I mean, what are we doing? You know, the one thing – I'm done. Here's Shatter a, your knee. Another regret outside, <laughs> kid. Of, outside of watching a lot of innings of Mets baseball this weekend. That's a regret. Another regret is that I didn't hammer a live wager when Jacksonville was up 14 to nothing. I wanted to play Philly. I felt that it was the right play to play Philly in that moment. You could have gotten incredible value. You yeah. should have jumped on it. Oh, buddy. You know, it's interesting. i got to start doing something. i got to take my own advice. So I ended up having a pretty good weekend, not a great weekend. I won money in golf. I ended up with my personal picks just barely doing better uh, and, than 500 because of a yesterday money line parlay when I was chasing. Oh. Woo! Bad process. You know, Good results. You know who the double two-team money line parlay was? You know who it was? Uh, no. Green Bay and the Raiders. Oh, my. Got them both. Oh, no. Had it the whole way. <laughs> I got hammered on a um, <laughs> Georgia pick this weekend, Ooh, Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah. I teased it down to a number I liked. And, and, the, I, and Georgia should have lost. And I paired it to a number that I teased down for LSU, which hit. And, uh, yeah. Well, the problem was the LSU minus nine didn't hit for Redemption Thursday. Sub 500 again on Redemption Thursday. Yeah. I'm going to start picking my own money line picks for Redemption Thursday. I did a college football teaser. I got LSU to two and a half. I oh. felt very good about that. 21-17. That's a good play, though. It's it a good is. Play. It is. It is. Good job. 
And then Georgia, you know, just go and lose the game. If you're going to lose me the money. Did you see the end of that? Hey, guys, so yes. It, listen, yes. big picture here. We're talking about Florida State and where they need to be, not Tom and I's won or lost wagers any given weekend that can change. But let me say this. When you watch these games, and partly because, yeah, you know, listen, I end up watching a lot of games for a lot of reasons. Some of them are work-related, and they're great. They're fun to do, all that stuff. I got a show tonight in Nebraska. They want a game for homecoming. They're going to be elated. It's going to be fun to do that show for the first time because they have a, they have a win under their belt. They beat, win! They beat lowly Indiana, I think, 35-21. I'll go back and watch that today when I get home. So, that said, boy, I know, tough ask, but I'll do it. Anyhow, that said, and those guys are pleasant guys. I like them all. Sean and those guys are great. Fine with me. Ernest. Yeah, yes. And, and there are other shows, right? So that's all fun. And then some of the other games we watch, because we love the sport, some of the other games we watch, because we're betting on the games. And so you just put it all together. You watch a lot of football. And one of my great takeaways this weekend was there's no excuse for Georgia to ever lose another football game. If you watched their team play the game, it's different than everybody else, and that includes Alabama. They have more of those, what the hell is that thing? meaning human beings on their team than anybody else in the country. Like, you're just watching the game. You go, so they have a 6'7", 285-pound tight end that's hurtling linebackers? That It's the dumbest thing you've ever seen. They had a running back that won the game against Mizzou, simply put, because they could not tackle him in the fourth quarter. They had it schemed right. Run fits. Perfect. Ran their ass over. Over and over and over again. It's one of those Derrick Henry moments where you're like, well, there's nothing I can do about that. This son bitch is 250 pounds running 4-4. Thanks, coach. You want me to make that tackle? You make that tackle. I can't make that tackle. That, I, I play at Missouri. He's the starting running back at Georgia. It's the fourth quarter. I'm tired. I've got you to this point. They're just running veer, and I can't tackle him because he's 250 pounds of F.U., and there's nothing, and he was running like it. He got up after every run screaming. I was like, oh, they're done. They're done. There's nothing you can do with this. All over the field at Georgia, they have players like that. It is insane. So why they're playing close games against Kent State and Mizzou, I have no idea. They might be bored. I'm not real sure. But watching Georgia the last two weeks, they've looked terrible, and yet every player on the field is better than anybody else in the country. It's crazy how well they've recruited. Yeah, I've got a theory on that, and it's a working theory, but with the playoff and being in the SEC... Since you can afford to lose a game. You've got a free strike. Yeah. And so there's... You don't want to waste it on Mizzou. Of course you don't. <laughs> but even if you did, you're still going to go to the playoff. And you might be, go to the playoff if you have two losses if you're Georgia, just the way the season is shaking out. So I think human nature creeps in for programs like that or Alabama, certainly the performance against Texas. That didn't look inspired at all. No. So I think these teams from these power conferences know... If it's not our day, no big deal. It's not quite the NFL where you can lose five and six times. You can lose seven or eight if you right. want. You can lose 30% of your games, no big deal. 40% mm -hmm. of your games as long as you get to the playoffs. It's not quite that, but it's not the same for Georgia as it is for, oh, I don't know, a Pac-12 team. You, it's just, you just can't lose. I watched a ton of football this weekend. I actually, I know it was funny. I ran into folks after our game that are just incensed. And, it, you know, what I thought about with that is it's what I always bring up. You can logically, rationally live in the world of the theoretical and talk about how happy you are at 4-0 and that you would take it if I had told you before the start of the season we're going to be 4-0 before we lose a game and then we're going to fall to Clemson, 
who's going to, I mean, uh, Wake Forest, who played in the ACC championship game last year, has a 50-year-old quarterback who's been running this damn system forever and a day, has a veteran offensive line, and is going to be ranked, and you'll lose that game. And it won't be embarrassing, but you'll lose that game. And everybody will be like, oh, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I'll take 4-1 and one with the loss. To- yeah, that means we beat LSU. And yeah, awesome. It means yes. And you'd go through all of it. It means we beat Louisville on the road. Yes, yes. How great. Uh, although, Louisville loses to Boston College. Mm, so mm, 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 mm. Mm-hmm. That's how you get fired. But going through all of that, everybody would have said yes to that. And then you lose the game. And we suck. And our coaches suck. <laughs> like, man, no, which is it? You've seen radical shifts in the way this team plays on a down-to-down, quarter-to-quarter, game-to-game basis. The way they play together, improvement from players, which is a surely good sign in coaching. I mean, for Jordan Travis to take the leap that he has, coaches deserve credit for that. Do they they not? I mean, going out in the transfer portal and upgrading your receiving core from dead-ass last in the ACC to top five in the ACC, you get credit for doing that, don't you? I mean, there are lots of things that you could say are signs that everything is moving in the right direction. But wins and losses happen for a reason, and when they do, they elicit emotion. And the emotion this weekend I was happy to see. I wanted to give everybody a hug. I'm not trying to patronize. I'm not trying to talk down to anybody. But I ran into so many furious fans, and I'm like, man, what is it you don't see there? I'm not trying to be a jerk. But we, we, <laughs> I had to catch myself. But, man, they're better at the line of scrimmage, and you can't do anything about that. Like you're not going to win a game if you're better at the line of scrimmage. I was at a watering hole to watch the eight o'clock window after the post game show. I went just to, you know just three just TVs relax, in front of me, relax, sit, you know, have, yeah, a, yeah. have a giant beer. For a little like, well, while, USC Arizona State was pretty good. For a little while, yeah, I for stayed while, for maybe the first quarter, and then I got out of there. Oh, I was a corner pocket. They sponsor us, so what the hell? I went to the CP, and one of our friends and listeners was there, and uh, Jamie asked him, "How you feeling?" And uh, he goes. I'm sad, and I thought that was the best. That was the best emotion I heard all day because a lot of people are angry, and this guy was just, "I'm sad." I thought we could win that game. We, we could have won, won that game. game. We could have yeah. won that game. But I think that's the right emotion. It's just you're disappointed. But that does like all the shortcomings we see are arguments for the coaching staff doing a hell of a job to have us four and one yeah. in this situation. And here's what's interesting, and I, I no moral should... victories. I'm not trying to do that right, thing right, either. Right. But no. it's just it's remarkable. That we're in a position still, well, you've got a lot of goals in front of you. If somehow you win on Saturday, it gets really squirrely for that 7.30 kick when Clemson comes to town. Yeah, but I want to prepare people both ways because I think there's a real good chance you lose Saturday, and I think there's a real good chance you lose to Clemson as well. And I think you might very well be sitting at 4-3, and three, and then how is it you're viewing this season up to that point? My guess is... Once again, falling back on the losses happen for a reason, then they elicit emotions premise. Nobody will be elated with this coaching staff after uh, three straight losses. If that happens, it's not a big if either. If that happens and they're four and three, the fan base is going to be livid. And I think that's the nature of being a fan all in or all out or whatever it might be at any given weekend. But I would say look forward because I think you got a real good chance to beat a Miami program that's a mess down there. Obviously, I think you're going to beat Georgia Tech. Uh, that was another interesting result. Crazy result. Well, we always find a way to lose to them. So I'll be nervous for that game no matter what happens these these next two weeks. So, but but the point is, I think that you'll beat Georgia Tech. So now all of a sudden, I got you at six wins. 
I think you'll beat Louisiana, who is nothing like they were just a year or two ago. I mean, that program has fallen on hard times with the quickness. Losing your coach and all the transfers along with it will do that to you. Now we're up to seven wins. You know, listen, you just got to win one game that's kind of a 50-50. The roadie against Syracuse maybe be, maybe is that game. I don't know. But you got to win like a one 50 Baby and Lovett would be very important for that particular game. Go figure that we'd have to say that, but it's true. He's, he's important for all these games. I mean, he's it's it's a miracle they're 4-1 without him. Basically, I mean, that one win you got with him, and he was great, especially in the second half against LSU in, in the run game. But you've had to play every game since without him, and it changes the dynamic of what you can do. So don't freak out is my point. But – Watch for signs of growth. And I'm not saying that there aren't moments that I'm not critical. I thought some of Mike's decisions in certain situations can be criticized. That's very different than saying this team is poorly coached. We do this. You can do this any week watching any team. You can watch Alabama against Texas. And I texted you in the second quarter well, and said, there. what is Nick Saban doing? He in the fourth quarter. Well, he ref- he did a lot of dumbass things. The hubris things. of dropping back and throwing in the situation he did in the fourth quarter. I was like, please pick this off. Yeah, well, so my point would be that guy's the greatest college football coach in the history of the game, arguably. And he coached terribly in that game. And you could say this definitively was a poor decision, period. There's nothing about this decision that makes sense. And you could go down the list of the things that he did wrong. Is Nick Saban a bad coach? No. Did he have a bad day at the office? Yes. Did Mike have his best day on Saturday? I don't think so. Was he terrible? No. There are things he couldn't overcome, and some of them are out of his control. One of which is, you got a kicker right now who cannot kick. I don't know what you do about that other than to throw caution to the wind and never yeah. kick again, but he doubled down or tripled down or quadrupled down again today and said, oh, I think he'll come out of it. I don't, Mike, but okay. Well, he's got to say that, though. The thing I is, guess. It, it, it can be empowering, though, if you're in third and six on the plus 30-yard line to know that you got two plays. I mean, in a way that it can I be empowering. And run on second down in uh, a mile. We're already at third and six. I well, skipped second down. Okay, well... <laughs> We need to stop with that. And 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 I know when I get into the debates with my boys on Seminole headlines, Corey's favorite thing to say is just to always throw it up to Johnny Wilson, call the touchdown play. But he's not wrong when you're inside the 20 to take a shot. Well, yeah, the, uh, the to throw. To take a shot, man. Tri- a triple coverage to Mark Easton. Yeah, you know, uh, what is that? Take a shot there. Let's go to 14. On the singles over there. Let's take a shot over Even there. Even if it's doubles, that's better uh, than yeah, triples up yeah, the yeah, seam yeah. to 85. What? Come on now. Chef Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. Tom, we have some people to thank. I also wanted to read something that somebody noted that uh, I, I agreed um, with that it was uh, 
a, another opportunity to kind of look back at the weekend that was, and a big part of that was uh, what you guys did on Friday and helping contribute in our efforts to aid the Red Cross. We're aiding the folks uh, most affected by Hurricane Ian. And uh, Marcus uh, brought that up. Woo! I have to say the amount of money raised on Friday during the show was really touching. To have people immediately do it again at the CP show was awesome. I agree, Marcus. It really was. And uh, that felt good. That felt really good. Um, and it's nice. It's, it's nice to see. Hi, Jinx writes, uh, hi. <laughs> and contributes Woo! to the show. Thank you. My Falcons look like a team to beat the NFC. I picked the Falcons over the weekend, and they won in spite of the quarterback. Holy moly, Mariota was terrible in that game. Like, terrible as in as in worst performance of the season by any quarterback in the league. It was something to behold. I don't know. That Arizona-Carolina game in the 4 o'clock window That's yesterday true. was special. That's true. That was something. Yeah, it would appear that um, Baker will be out of the league soon. It, look, Looking more and more likely, Baker's about to be out of the league. Yeah. Pappy, what's up, baby? That looked a lot like last year. Back to the fundamentals, four and one is no reason to put our heads down. Back to it next week. Let's go, Knowles. Go Knowles. Um, some of it did. Some of it did. The physical, um, getting whipped physically in certain uh, areas, certain segment groups. That looks familiar, but I don't think that anything else does because the way that they play and the way that they fight, the way that they show resolve, is very different than at times last year. Uh, so that that is good. And, again, I don't like losing. I hate it. But you, when you can look at a game and you don't see something that is completely out of line with what should have happened based on, like, if you are the more talented team and you're losing football games, we're having different discussions. You know, that's, that's when I'll come in here and say this team is poorly coached. When you have better players than the other team and they beat you on the regular. It happens occasionally, turnover luck's a thing, special teams, all these things. But when you don't have the better team, I'm talking about the better team, then, you know, you can lose a football game and it doesn't have to be because you were poorly coached. It could be just that they physically whipped your ass in some areas that you couldn't overcome. And I think that happened in this game. And I am tired of watching our tackles play because they're awful. Our offensive tackles are not good. And they're getting worse. I, I think this is beginning to deteriorate. They're getting targeted. And they're going to get targeted by people who have the personnel to do something about it. NC State does and Clemson does. Wake did too. And I want to see, because Coach Atkins brought it up today, i got to put them in a better position. They, you know, they came over to the sidelines a few times. He didn't look thrilled with what he saw in their eyes on Saturday. I think That's he was angry about some of that. Yeah, And angry at himself, I think, a little bit. Well, he's, he's a man who takes great responsibility and said, I've got to do a better job so that we're not reacting to something, so that in the moment we know what's happening. But I think, yes, they, 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 <laughs> they got undressed a little bit a couple times, and I don't know that they're physically equipped to do much about that. Now he's going to have to provide a lot of help in some ways, and that'll limit your offense. A lot of humble pie served up on Saturday for a lot of position groups. Hour number two, fourth coming. Stay with Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV.